welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, we're looking at num- uh, verses 1 through 22. We are going to see a powerful passage this evening about how God called, he commissioned Moses, and Moses had some questions. And these questions are really a series of five questions that are also excuses to why, why Moses can't go and be the deliverer of all the folks, of all the Israelites in slavery and in bondage and in Egypt. Welcome to our evening worship service here at Broadway. I know we are going through Sunday evening service here. This is the Sunday before Easter. This is a time that we are preparing. Hopefully you've gotten your your yard sign and your uh, front yard there. And um, you're inviting your neighbors. We're a week away. It's an exciting time for a lot of folks to come back to church. Exciting times to be identifying people we know who are unchurched, who are spiritually lost, who are in need of a resurrection. Christ certainly is alive. Christ certainly has been resurrected. So I want you to go ahead and follow along here. Verse 1. This is Moses in the burning bush. Now I said last week, I was going to take my shoes off. But it says in here that take off his sandals. And I didn't wear sandals today. I wore shoes. So if I had my sandals, I'd take those off, but I'm wearing my shoes. So, But I think the principle in that is when you're in the presence of God, you are standing on holy ground. And the Lord appeared to Moses. I even set up a couple little bushes right here. This is my burning bush. Could you imagine these bushes here being on fire, being uh, consumed with fire, yet they're, they're, there's no change to them. They're not burning up. They're just perfectly fine. That's what we're about to see. This passage of Scripture really speaks to us about God's call. I believe our country is in a cesspool of immorality, total confusion about what is right and wrong and about how to be saved. And it, God is calling and raising up and commissioning People of all ages, remember, Moses is 80 years old when he receives the call of God. He was, this was not some young man. The background of Moses' life, his first 40 years he spent in Egypt. His second 40 years, he was raising his family there in what we will call Midian. That's on the far side of, um, of, of Egypt, on the far side of the Mount Sinai or the Sinai Peninsula. It's out of Egyptian territory. And he married um, Zipporah, and his, her father is Jethro. And, and Jethro is um, also a very wise man that he's going to give Moses some very good, later on, some leadership principles. But here is Moses, just a shepherd, taking care of the animals, and God puts a call on his life. So that. So verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. So this is just a normal day. Nothing to be special, just another Sunday, just another experience. He's shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, who is a priest at Midian. So Midian, it's in the current, current area of southwestern Saudi Arabia, current day of today. That would be like the region down of Yemen, Oman. It would be down there. 
It says, He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb. What is Horeb? Horeb is also known as Mount Sinai. Horeb is this mountain that is in the Sinai Peninsula. It's also the same mountain that we know God gives the Ten Commandments to Moses from. So Horeb is not just any old place. You can go tour. This is a 5,000 foot mountain. And that's when you go to the top of it, there's actually a church. I believe it's like a Greek Orthodox or Roman Catholic church at the top. That is, I think it's a monastery as well. And folks actually hike up the mountain today uh, with that. So that is, it's in current day, uh, the Sinai Peninsula is in Egypt. So that's where this area here, that's where Horeb is. It has two names, Mount Sinai and Horeb. So, so he's wandered over, he's kind of wandered west, back towards Egypt is where he's gone. And all of a sudden he sees this fire, a bush is on fire, a bush, uh, maybe a shrub, something that would be in uh, your yard, something a little bit bigger than this shrub here, and it's burning up. And Moses thinks that's unusual. You know, I guess when you're a shepherd and you're standing out in the middle of the field, the middle of the area, and there's nothing really to look at, and you're just watching sheep, and you see a bush on fire, we think, well, my goodness, we'll walk over and look at the bush burn because I have nothing else to watch except animals eat grass. That was what Moses was doing. Moses went from the palace to the fields, and now he's going to think, I guess I'll go watch the bushes burn. And it's, it's interesting, God's getting his attention. God uses a supernatural event here to grasp Moses' attention. So the bush is on fire, and Moses walks over to it, and he looks at it. The Bible says he looks at it, and he saw that the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. Meaning it's just burning and burning. This is the most unusual bush in the world. This is like the, the bush that will never give up. Back when... Gosh, now it's already March, so we're not really building our little fires in our fireplace anymore. Sherry buys these Duraflame fires that burn for a guaranteed three hours. I've never timed it, but they really do burn a long time. It's like a Duraflame bush. It just keeps on burning, but nothing's ever, it never is consumed. So it gets Mo Moses' thought. He's staring at this, this unusual sight. And it says here in God's Word in verse 3, so Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? I mean, God uses this question to, to speak to Moses' curiosity. So I think in our life, so how does this apply? How would God get our attention? God might use something as a miracle. God could use something as a healing. God could use something as uh, that seems um, odd, out of place, different, and we go in for a deeper look. I mean, even in church, how could someone, maybe that has experienced so much pain, so much hurt, yet they come to church, they come into the sanctuary, and they're joyfully rejoicing and praising God. Lost people, a lost and dying world would look at that and go, you're supposed to be sad right now. You've experienced job loss. You've experienced disease. You've experienced uh, setbacks in your family, disappointments in your finances, yet you're joyful in the Lord. And that's what, that's what Moses is doing. It's, God is drawing him in, just like God is drawing us in in our lives as well. So it says in verse 4, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, 
God called out to him from the bush. I love how the bush spoke. God didn't speak from the clouds. He's speaking from the bush. And the bush said, Moses, Moses, the Lord speaking from the bush. Here I am, he answered. Now he's thinking, wow, I'm in the middle of the Sinai Peninsula. I'm in the middle of nowhere with my little sheep right here. And I'm talking to a bush and the bush is returning. He's talking back to me. So we're having a conversation. He says, do not come any closer. Don't come any closer. You're, like, You're not going to walk up too close to the bush. Don't come any closer, Moses. Why? Why can't you come any closer? You need, first, you need to remove the sandals from your feet. For the place you're standing is holy ground. I didn't take my shoes off, my sandals off. I don't have sandals, I have shoes on right now. It says, you're going to take off your sandals because you were standing on the presence of God. What made Mount Horeb, what made Mount Sinai, what made this bush holy wasn't the fact that it was a miracle or the bush was burning or there was anything special Mount Horeb. It was because he was in the presence of God. God's presence is what makes us holy. That's why today, when you come into a worship service here in this sanctuary, you are stepping into a holy place because we're meeting with God. We come here, we worship the God in the Bible. We worship the God found in these pages that's revealed through Scripture. We don't worship the God, the false God of our culture or whatever the media or what some theologian says. God has chosen to reveal himself through his word. That's how we know the Lord. And God says, he says, you are standing on holy ground. Holy ground means set apart. This ground here is set apart for the Lord. It's different. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. We don't have the ability to, to as sinful folks, to look into the presence of God. So Moses is somehow, somehow shield. This is what he's looking like. He's shielding his face. He can't look. Yet the, the, the bush is talking to him. He's in a position of, I've got no shoes on. A bush is talking to me that's not burning up. I'm having to shield my face because I can't look at God. And the most, just a regular day, nothing special, nothing unique, just a regular day in the fields with the sheep, and God calls Moses. This is his commission. And I believe God calls people today. And don't just think it's for young folks. God is calling you. Now you say, Pastor, what do you mean God's calling me? We're, like I said at the beginning, we're a week away from Easter. God calls us to think of someone who needs an invitation this week. I ask you, who can you invite to church? This coming, this coming Easter, we're calling it Easter Homecoming at Broadway. Why are we calling it Homecoming? There's a lot of people that need a church home. They've been out of church for a year. They've been, they've been just away from the Lord. And they need to come home to Jesus. He calls us home. So this week, who could you invite to church? Who could you invite to experience a church home? God's calling Moses. To do a special job. And for us, our special job might be to invite an unchurched person we know to come this coming Sunday. But there's another call. God might be calling you to preach his word. God might be calling you 
to take his word to the nations. God might be calling you to start viewing your place of employment where you work as the mission field. There's lost people who need to be saved. That's most important while we have a resurrection. Jesus came to save sinners. And you want to use that opportunity of your job, view it as a mission field, to share the good news. Verse 7 says, Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because I know of their oppressors. Meaning, God has not forgotten about his people. They are still in Egypt. They're crying out. They're hurting. I know about their suffering. I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So all these people here, the promised land, they're being occupied by someone else. But you, Moses, you're going to go deliver my people who were in Goshen, who were the land of Egypt, and you're going to lead them to the land of promise, the promised land. And that's what, 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 what this, he's telling him this mission. Therefore, go. I love that statement. God just says, therefore, go. It's time to go. We don't need, have no time for any questions. Let's just pack up our bags. We need to go ahead and leave Mount Horeb, leave Mount Sinai. Don't worry about the burning bush. Put shoes back on, and it's time for you to go to Egypt. Therefore, go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh, so that you may lead my people, the Israelites. Who are his God's people? The Israelites. The Israelites are the 12 tribes of Jacob. Those people, and Moses was from the tribe of Levi. He was an Israelite. My people are in bondage. My people are in slavery. They're being oppressed. And Moses, you are the deliverer that's going to go deliver them from this oppression. You're going to deliver them from this slavery. They're suffering. They're hurting. Their word rescue is used. Do you know who else is our deliverer today? It's Jesus. Jesus came to deliver us from the oppression, the suffering, the bondage of spiritual oppression, spiritual slavery, of spiritual death and sin. It has a grip on our lives, and Christ wants to free us from it. Our greatest problem today are not societal problems. Our greatest problem is sin. It is a constant battle against sin. What do you need to be delivered from? Sin. That's what sets you free. Jesus frees us from sin. And Egypt is a symbol that my people are in bondage and they need to get out of Egypt. You are also possibly in Egypt and the Lord wants to set you free. So Moses asked God in verse 11. So that was our first section there. That's God's statement. Ten verses. He meets them at the burning bush. He declares to him what he's going to do. You've got a special mission, Moses, so I need you to get ready. So here's what Moses said. So now we're about to shift to verse 11. Moses asked two questions we're going to look at tonight. Obviously, when 
you are challenged to do something, many times you start asking questions. In many ways, questions serve as two purposes. You can kill things with questions. You can question things to death because you can never get the right answers you want. Or questions mean you're also beginning to think about it, meaning you're going to consider doing it. You just need some reassurance of what you're doing. So Moses here is probably using questions in this sense to kill it because he really doesn't want to do it. God becomes disappointed and angry at Moses because he just would not listen. God is calling and commissioning Moses, but Moses does not want to go. Moses is thinking, man, I'm in retirement. Last thing I want to do is start volunteering for the Lord and serving. Look, I'm just going to watch my sheep. I've served my time. I made a mistake in Egypt. I killed someone, and here I am over here. But from now on, I'll just, I'll just finish strong. It says, but Moses asked God in verse 11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Like, who am I? I, I, I've been on death row. There's different Pharaohs now. I've been out in the wilderness. They don't know me. I've been gone. I mean, I, I no longer, that's no longer me anymore. But God answers this question. Moses starts out saying, who am I? What's my qualifications? I lack the credentials to do this. What qualifies someone most to stand in a pulpit to preach? Think about this. What qualifies me to be your pastor? What qualifies me to stand on this, behind this sacred desk, this holy altar, this reverent place of worship and week by week proclaim this book. What, what, what are my credentials? Well, let's think about it. I have what? Three seminary degrees plus one Sanford. Four, as I be, let's see, four degrees, bachelor's, MDiv, master of theology, D-men, I've been pastoring for 16 years now. I have faithfully grown in the Word of God. I can look at my life and see a track record of how the Lord has just brought me from here to there. But while all of those things, I guess, are certainly important, that is, that's important. You know, the guy went to school. He believes the Word of God. He has faithfully served as a pastor for 16 years. What's most important of all those things is actually what God did to me when I was 16 years old. God called me in Mississippi on a youth choir tour to preach His Word. There's a call on someone's life to proclaim His Word. And that call is what we take with a bold confidence. And you say, thus saith the Lord. You want a preacher, you want a pastor who's been called not by their mother, not because they can't do anything else, not because they have no other ability. You want someone called by God. God 
calls people. God is calling Moses. And when God calls you, he doesn't give you a whole map, uh, a map of where you're going to go. I had no idea when I was 16 years old that by the time I'm 42 years old, I would be pastoring Broadway Baptist Church, standing behind this pulpit many years later. I had no idea I would come from Kentucky or headed from Georgia to Kentucky. I had never lived in Kentucky. I had never lived in Georgia. I had never even been to Louisiana where I went to seminary at this time. But God placed a call on my life. I believe the Lord, I don't believe I know, is still calling people today. That's why I believe also for vocational ministry that you, live a, you can have a lifetime of preparation and of service to the Lord. God calls young men, young women to serve him, to, to serve as ministers, serve as preachers and pastors and youth pastors and music ministers and college ministers and worship pastors. He raises up generations of people who are going to serve him. In our wonderful state here in Kentucky, we're blessed to have the largest seminary in the world. The Southern Baptist Theological Seminary right up the road, 80 miles up from the road from us in Louisville. Over 4,000 students are there. They're training to serve the Lord. They believe in the infallibility of the Scripture. And they go out from our state faithfully proclaiming the good news. We're blessed to have that. We're blessed to have such a wonderful missionary state. What well, Two weekends ago, we went out in the community knocking on doors, inviting people to Easter, urging and encouraging people to come, experienced a risen Jesus, a risen Savior. Why? Because God calls us. Our church celebrated, just celebrated its 69th birthday. We were planted right down the road here on Pike Road. And also at um, Broadway, South Broadway. Now it's a Zaxby's drive-thru, but you start out with 25 folks that planted a church. 69 years later, they had no clue they'd be up here at Pasadena and Harrisburg Road. The Lord, and it's our third location, the Lord moved and called a body of believers. And I think what we need to see is the Lord is in the calling business. And he's calling you. You might not have a call like Moses. You might not have a burning bush experience. But you can certainly have an impact by God to go out and do his work and to labor in his fields. His fields are wide unto harvest. They're ripe. They're ready to hear the good news. Our city is so lost. Our nation is just in desperate need of revival. Desperate need of revival. More so then when I was 16 years old, I remember I was on youth choir tour. We were in a public school gymnasium. Back then, it was, it was north of Jackson, Mississippi. Schools would allow, they would allow um, these groups to come in and host uh, churches to have, basically, it was a revival service in a school gymnasium. Guys, they wouldn't even probably allow that today. Public schools and churches, public schools are scared of churches. 
They're worried they're going to buy a lawsuit. They're worried about offending. They're worried about what the preacher's going to say. To a lost and a secular nation, for a preacher to stand up or sit down wherever he's at and say, Jesus is the only way to heaven, that is offensive. How dare you declare Jesus is the only way to be saved? A postmodern nation doesn't believe in that. Every, people are firm in believing anything they want to. And that's not the narrow way. That's not the narrow gate that Jesus spoke about. God, God is calling people who believe in his word. He's not calling people just to seek justice and calling people to do good and make America better. He's calling people to lead his people out of spiritual bondage. That spiritual bondage is sin. They're slaves to sin. And the Lord wants to deliver them. Jesus came for that purpose. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 12. It says, He answered, God answers the question, I will certainly be with you, and this will be a sign for you that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. You see this mountain we're at right here? This is Mount Horeb. This is Mount Sinai. You will know that it was me because you're going to lead over a million people out of slavery and you're going to lead them right back here to this mountain and y'all are going to worship me at this mountain. This mountain that I appeared to you in a burning bush, that appeared to you with your sandals off, that appeared to you that you could have to hide your face. You couldn't look at me. Moses, you're going to worship me here. I'm going, that's going to be your sign. Just watch. I'll lead all of you back to where this all started. And I think even for a minister, even for a, even for a Christian that's doing something for the Lord, why am I doing this? Everything goes back to what is your call. Has God called you to this? What passion has God desire that calling, the speaking, the voice of God put on your heart? Listen, you, you show me someone that's been called to preach, that's been called to youth ministry, has been called to lead music and lead in worship, that's someone I want to sit under. That's a Sunday school teacher, a minister I want to learn from. We are blessed here to have so many people. I've had Sunday school teachers in this church tell me that God has called them to teach Sunday school. That's a calling. God has given them the gift of teaching and he's called them to teach their class. And they invest hours in preparation and time in doing ministry and checking on their classmates and outreach and growing and building their group. God's going to give a sign and signs we're going back to the mountain. I will be the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship me on this mountain. He goes on to say, Next question here. Moses is still asking God questions. Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I tell them? I said, God, what's your name? Like, why am I just saying, God, God sent me here to you? What's his name? Now, God is going to reveal his name. Now, this is a powerful place in Scripture. And he says... In verse 14, now there's a footnote here in your Bibles. Go ahead and look in your Bibles. It's important. Verse 14, I'll read the footnote as well. 
God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So who's God? I am has sent me. His name is I am who I am. The footnote, look at this. Look at verse 14. Or, look at, very important. I am because I am. Or, there's another alternate reading. This is very important. Or, I will be who I will be. I am who I am. I am because I am. Or, I will be who I will be. Meaning this present tense, this is who God is. He's not a past tense. He's not a future tense. He is, he's God. And he's not going to be defined by name. Now, we know Jesus is the name that every knee will bow. When we pray, we can call and cry out to I am who I am. That's the Lord's name. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. For this is my name forever. That's his, that's his name. Who is God? Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, he is the God who has sent me to you. This is how I'm to be remembered in every generation. Even today in 2021, we remember God this way. And I have promised you, and I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Prezites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to what you say, then you, along with the elders in Israel, must go to the king of Egypt. The king of Egypt is Pharaoh. You're going to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please, let us go on a three-day trip into the wilderness so we may sacrifice to the Lord. God knows that the Pharaoh is not going to allow him to do this. He's not going to fall for this right away. Pharaoh, these are his slaves. These people are working for Egypt. He's not going to allow them to go worship on Mount Horeb, on Mount Sinai. Not whatsoever. However, I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go. This is called God's foreknowledge. God knows in advance that Pharaoh will not do this. Even from under force from a strong hand. But when I stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles that I may perform in it after that, he will let you go. So God is telling us in advance of what's going to happen. What he means by that is he's talking about these ten plagues that are going to occur. And then on the tenth plague of the death of the Pharaoh firstborn, Pharaoh's son's going to die. At that point, then Pharaoh will let the people go. And I will give these people such favor with the Egyptians... That when you go, you will not go empty-handed. Meaning, you're, I'm going to bless you so much, they're, they're, you're not going to run away empty-handed. They're going to give you stuff. They're going to actually ask you to leave and hand you whatever you want for you to leave. Each woman will ask her neighbor, and any woman staying in her house for silver and gold, jewelry and clothing, you will put them on your sons and your daughters. So you, well, look at this, will plunder the Egyptians. You'll plunder the Egyptians. And what that means to plunder the Egyptians is God is showing to his people, the Israelites, I will do any and everything to reveal to you that I'm the Lord. 
that this wasn't because of Moses, anything Moses did, and Moses' staff, what he's going to do, it's because God, God is telling Moses in advance what's going to occur. And I think this here speaks volumes of God's foreknowledge and letting Moses know everything is going to happen. We're going back to this mountain. So what do we see in this passage here? Our principles for us is God's call and he commissions us. He commissions and he calls us today. God has a call and commission on your life. But not only that, Moses has these questions. And his first question is one of credentials. Who am I? Like what qualifies me to do it? And that qualifies you as the call of God. And not only that, the second, what's God's name? Meaning what, a lack of content. Like give me, give me some information. I want to know what, what to say. When I go speak to my, the Israelites and say, it's time to go. I am and sent me to you. They need to know this is the God. This isn't some Egyptian false God. This is the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob. And he's sending and releasing me to go home. Listen, God has a plan and a purpose for you. God has a call for you. I think this powerful story sets up of what God can certainly and does do today. Listen, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for God's call in your life. I'm going to pray that God blesses your family and he allows you this Easter season to do great things for him and to always go back to that call and purpose and plan. God, I pray for the folks listening tonight. I pray that they will realize you have called them. You've called us at Mount, Mount Horeb on Mount Sinai. Lord, you have a great plan and purpose for us. I pray that you speak to us. I pray that you help equip us. You give us the credentials and the content we need. Lord, Moses had questions. We have questions too. We hold to your call. Lord, we pray this Easter season that we look for someone that needs experience resurrection. They need experience the love that you did, you shared on the cross this coming Good Friday. And not only that, uh, an empty tomb on Sunday. Jesus, you are risen. I thank you for this powerful worship service. I thank you for the study here as we go through the book of Exodus, and we look at the life of Moses. Lord, take these words and seal them on our hearts this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Every Sunday night we meet here. We're going through the book of Exodus. We will be in Exodus chapter 4 next week. I hope you get your Bibles together, 6 o'clock, and we're going to be faithfully studying God's Word. God bless you. I will see you next week.